What's up, guys? Welcome to the RMR podcast. I am Mitch Pfeiffer. Jay Ping here. What's good? What's going on with everyone today? February, the second month of the, of the year is almost over. It's going by pretty freaking quick right now. How you doing, man? How you, how you feeling about 2021? Um, so far, we've been doing a lot of content. It's really about like reviews never stop, content never stop. We're uh, we're still on smoking and fucking about to roll up a blunt. Got some ginseng OG, got some mochi gelato. 2021 is all about smoking good weed and getting our CBD out there. That's that. That's that. <laughs> smoking good weed. So what, with, with that, what 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 gelato? What what brand are you smoking on right now? This is the Sherbinsky's mochi gelato. Staying on the Sherbinsky's as of late. Yeah, it's just you know it's the sun grown stuff out here for uh, is usually pretty ass, but the Sherbinsky's that they've got is quite uh, quality. It's a pretty good price point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you you, all, you obviously can't beat that. So what I got, man, I'm I'm super stoked about this. I don't think I talked about this. No, we didn't talk about this. Um, so this lemon agave from Paris. Um, I really wanted, I asked the bud tender for an OG. I first told her that I was not a sativa person. I asked for OG. She pulled out, I think, two different offerings of OG from Paris. And they both look good, but she softly pushed me towards this sativa. And being that it was like purple and had the name lemon in it, I had to get it. And the shit smells and tastes like Sprite, man. It's literally my favorite weed that I have in rotation right now. That's dope. That's exciting. Yeah, I was I was stoked for the bud tender to push me where I wasn't trying to go and then put me on some flame, man. I was I, that's I, that's rare. That is very, very rare. Especially yeah. for us. I got this ginseng OG from the Delta Boys, some people that Justin got connected to, you know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna try out a little bit of this on the uh, on the first joint and then I'm gonna mix it with the mochi gelato on the second. <laughs> mixing and matching then huh? dude i just smoked a i just i just did a review while like while we were chilling and waiting beforehand just did a review of the uh what was it the stizzy og live resin plus keef infused really at pre-roll yeah i just dude i just gave it a 97.5 out of 100 it was arguably the best infused one i've ever had Okay. Not arguably, it was. I said it. I said it. it <laughs> there's no, there's no argument. Yeah, that was the fire. So what? So right now, you know, we're doing. If people have been following us on YouTube, you know, Joey's been doing taste tests. This guy's been reviewing like three fucking products every single day, um, of all sorts of categories. A lot of pre rolls, but definitely some flour and edibles. Well, well. dude, we got, we've already we're you know beverages, dabs, edibles. Um, Infused joints, you know, I got a, we got, we're going to go through the three tinctures here. Uh, I'll have special guests, you know, taste testing our tinctures so that way it's not biased. Um, we'll be doing uh, just, so, oh, man, gummies, tablets, mints. Uh, I'm going to do chips here soon. We're going to do uh, more flour. We've got, we've already reviewed so many, a bunch of flour aids. So there's just, yeah, there's a bunch of weed coming. Y'all just go subscribe to the YouTube. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. At, you know the Respect My Region YouTube channel. Yeah, Joey is doing like literally ten plus videos a week. I've got like maybe two going up there. I'm a little. I'm, I'm a baby with the content creation, but 
you know, myself and our RMR Weed account is doing the taste test for up here in Washington. Joey's handling California. I would love to find someone. If anyone out there is in Oregon and wants to help contribute to this, we would love to have you. Um, just Joey being in LA, myself being in Seattle with the family in the middle of a pandemic, it's not as easy to get to Oregon uh, as it used to be. So would love to bring anyone on down there that wants to review some weed. If you know someone, tap in. Um, that would be much appreciated. What's up, Scott McKinley? Just tapped in. What's going on, sir? Dab roast is killing it. Killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going out. So taste test reviews are going on heavy right now. What what is some of the? I know you just mentioned the pre roll that that scored super high. What are some other notable products that you've reviewed in the last you know couple weeks? Um. So let's see. What else was pretty good? Um. We went to the lemonade store, got a lemoncello that was old, but it still was okay. Um, we did we did something at MMD over in Marina Del Rey the other day. Let's see, where where else did we go? We did. Um, I got a where did I grab it? Oh, no, I got a king a king pen king roll. Um, another infused joint I'm gonna do. And then I got some cans, the drink cans, the little social tonics. Those are delicious. They're microdose CBD, THC beverages. Those are pretty fire. Um, but yeah, as of late, just really doing a bunch of flour. Um, got a dab. I'm going to do a dab review here tomorrow of the uh, Rick Ross uh, Pink Rosé uh, Times Connected. I've got their Collins Ave strain okay. that I've got in the dab, so I'm going to try I'm gonna try some of that exclusive cookies genetics times Rick Ross here tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. That, that just dropped, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember when they promoted that, but I didn't see the. Uh, I haven't seen anything about a drop in. Yeah, the uh, it was available. I got it over in San Bernardino uh, the day that it got there, just on accident. It's what happens when you work, show up early, and stay late, and just hit all your dispensaries. <laughs> That's funny, Rick. Rick Ross. Uh... You know, as a hustler, man, I'm sure he's been working on this cannabis, you know, connection for a while. And it took a, a pandemic of getting his touring bag fucked up for him to be like, all right, man, we got to get this shit launched ASAP. I mean, they, they've been out for the last, you know, the better half of the last year, you know, yeah. and I haven't really heard much in terms of the flower. I felt I feel like I see more hype behind the flower in other places except California. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, well, you know, who knows? They, you know, they're in multiple states. It's a brand. It's a strain. They're dropping fire. I'm sure I'm sure it tastes good. I'm sure it gets you high, you know? Right. And, you know, and on that talk, you know, one of the, the main topic that we wanted to talk about today is cookies as a whole. Um, you know, it is the most popular brand name. It's probably the most pop cookies is probably the post, most popular name in cannabis um, altogether. It gets a lot of love you know, all over the country, every store they've opened up, there's lines, every product drop, there's lines, and it gets a lot of hate, as you and I know, <laughs> from a lot of the people in the industry, uh, you know, dislike them for one reason or another. Um, but, you know, anything- Yeah, some people still feel like Burner and his people stole all the genetics and just ruined the, the core culture of it and are the, are the corporate evil that they say that they're not, right? That's what some people say. Right. Well, and, you know, and their model, right, of licensing out, there's hundreds of farms that grow their genetics to supply each state. So, you know, there's no possible way to quality control that as the way of a 10,000 square foot craft grow. 
you know, and so a lot of the people that run those 10,000 square foot craft grows that touch every plant and, and are digging their hands in the dirt and feel really connected to the plant and, and believe that shows up in the quality, just everything about their ethos is goes against the grain of Cookie's business model. And so there's just a lot of tension there, um, which I, you know, I can, as you and I can understand, right, as, as consumers that are in the top 1% of, of quality category uh, of education, awareness, and, and what we want to smoke on, you know, we look for things that tend to be craft and more smaller grown because it's easier to produce ultra, ultra high quali quality products. Uh, <coughs> but that still doesn't necessarily mean that the products are bad, right? Like even, mm -hmm. even some of the worst cookie stuff is still great, still great strains, the packaging, the, the experience, the consumer experience, right? The consumer package good experience around cookies is, is, is very, very high. But I will say, you know, for the price point at times, there are for sure plenty of bags that you can buy at, at Cookie's price point that are pretty subpar. Mid yeah, at any given moment, there's a variety of options with their brand, for sure. But there's also some heat, you know, every time we've gone to a cookie store and bought five or six products, every time one of, at least one of them ends up being, you know, some of the most heat shit that I've smoked that month, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's they, they put out quality genetics. And one of the things that I love that not a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, they came up here in Washington, for example, and they were one of the first brands to kind of have a $60 eighth. You know, previously it's kind of 50 is your top, top shelf and 45 to 55 is where it landed. You know, cookies coming out with a 60, $65 eighth in Washington is unheard of. Um, and what happened was, then these other brands could now drop limited lines or exclusive lines and put them at the same price point. And it enabled them because consumers were already coming in there and didn't have sticker shock of paying that price because they've seen that price associated with this product in other states. Um, and it kind of created that conversation, right? Like where if people come in there and the bud tender's like, no, nah, you don't want this cookie stuff, you want this stuff. It's the same price as cookies. It doesn't turn you off. You know, you're willing to pay sixty sixty five for a brand you don't know when you're already paying sixty sixty five for. for yeah, people are definitely still when, when you're a connoisseur, you're still experimenting at various price points. Whatever your comfortable price point is, you're about to experiment at that. Yeah, and it. I mean, it, it raised. You know, for a lot of these craft growers in Washington, I know that are upset about it. It raised their ability to charge price and and opened up a new avenue, a new standard to be compared to again to crush to meet to exceed to not make it's a whole new conversation um and i just i i've seen this from a business sense and i'm just i'm surprised that more people i don't know if they're have taken advantage of it and aren't aren't aware of it or haven't really quite tuned into it but there's definitely a way for smaller craft grows to eat off of what cookies is doing to the marketplace yeah thanks and so, you know, the history of it, you know, I remember back in the medical days, right, when oh shit, a lot of the, a lot of the strains I was picking up, I was getting from you that you were getting at, at the clubs and the markets and you were putting me on to all this stuff, you know, cookies really broke into the market, riding this train of the strains, right? Before they were a cannabis brand, the Girl Scout cookie strain from that camp got out and took over cannabis, you know, Girl Scout yeah. cookies and the derivatives of it became the standard for for cannabis that people sought you know pre-cookies you know it might have been some you know some fire or you got perps you know when we didn't really know what was purple anything that was purple weed you could charge more for it because it was perps at a certain point 
cookies became that standard. Oh, is it cooks? Is that cookies? And whether people were lying about it or not, you could charge a premium for something simply because it was from a cookies genetics. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that was the old sin mints and forum cookies and Girl Scout cookies and Bay Area cookies and burners cut cookies. There used to be so many different things. Right. And it's gone from that, right, and taking over the culture to ending up being a brand and an intellectual property that they were able to uh, obtain and monetize um, and now scale it out state by state, riding on the back of this history, this lineage. And then another thing I think people in the industry don't necessarily understand is that, you know, where most people need to pay for advertising channels, to pay to sponsor tours, pay to sponsor influencers and rappers, to get their, you know, they have to actually be cool and have hype to be mentioned in music. You know, Burner is the ultimate influencer who owns the company. He's constantly touring the country where he can put tour buses and banners and flyers and t-shirts at, you know, and he's able to monitor, he's touring while making a profit. He's able to brand and market this company while profiting that where other people- yeah, Everywhere he goes in public, it's a Super Bowl if, if it's a music event, you know, at this point. His fans are- diehard culture fans because of the music and because of the weed and because of the lifestyle. Right. And so, you know, there was a period of time for me where, you know, I was more of a fan than, you know, uh, a music fan than I was, you know, a cannabis industry professional. Right. And, yeah. and now, you know, it's, it's interesting looking at from a different, from the different perspectives because they, you know, we've been a part of his stuff as marketers, as music blogs, as PR partners, as contest giveaway people, as uh, creators, all kinds of different things we've, we've worked with Burner's team, right? And uh, always it falls back, like the root of the success falls back to like, man, his music shit, his grind, then the weed shit amplified mm -hmm. him right up there to the Wiz and the rest of Taylor Gang and the rest of the music industry short shortly thereafter um, right and i feel like a solid seven years ago he started planting seeds in 2013 2012 2013 uh, i think he really started planting seeds about um y'all i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing this like you know be ready in two three years you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh it because that's i mean that's what we've been doing and that's what's happening right so it's like it only makes sense if you have access to like more genetics and more people in the entire Bay Area and all Humboldt and all the you know the three counties and shit up there. Like it only makes sense that you're about to be making movies at a much higher level. And what do you think? I mean, this is a you know a prediction, right? I've I've said it in numerous forums, but I you know I believe that Cookies will probably be the first billion dollar brand in cannabis. There might be funds or conglomerates or. Uh, you know, stocks or what, what have you that reach that. But I think, you know, I personally think that cookies is going to be the first brand that'll be worth a billion dollars. What do you kind of think the ceiling is for, for a brand like that in this space? I mean, the thing, the ceiling is, is where we're seeing companies like Supreme, you know, companies like, like designer companies, you know, what, what is a designer fashion company going for these days? One billion, five, I don't know. And so you'd have to think that a company that has multiple verticals, with successful revenue streams and positive books and the ability to take on unlimited investment if they really wanted to or if they really needed to like to take that big ass you know loan to go buy all the factories they could ever need like at some point it's going to tip in their favor 
and they won't be able to be beaten ever. Yeah. And they'll just continue to steamroll and, and, and stockpile. And um, I'm personally excited for that day because I think that was when we'll start to see more stabilization of genetics, more consistency. And yeah, that might blur out some of the culture, but it's up to the people to keep the culture alive. So, yeah. And, and, and I envision them at, you know, I, they're their much weed is more, fire, bro. Their weed is fire. Yeah. But much more, I don't mean this because I, you know, uh, but I feel like how Patron is an alcohol, right? And, and there's a lot of other things. Patron's owned by Paul Mitchell. I'm not trying to make those comparisons, but Patron as a product, you know, it's a hundred dollar tequila or $80, depending on wherever you get it. Uh, it's a premium product. It's got a status symbol attached to it. It's good tequila. It's not like, you know, there's a lot, there's plenty of other tequilas out there at $80, <coughs> maybe craft or small batch or, or, you know, brands that, that I would tequila, buy. That tequila we used to work with? Uh, Papa Bueno. They're yeah. I mean, I would say Patron is a better quality than that, but I still, I mean, there's, you know, as a consumer, there's tequilas I'd buy before Patron, but I still recognize Patron as it's good tequila. It's up there and it's got a, this status and this thing attached to it where the experience, right? When you order a Patron shot or you buy a bottle of Patron, it says something more than just, oh, the, you know, the price isn't just represented in this is the quality level of the product it's the quality level of the consumer experience you know and that, again that doesn't yeah. degrade the quality but it's not the most expensive because it's the best quality single-handedly and i think that's where a lot of people from the culture kind of you know get mixed up in in how they rate things or how they think think of things um and it really is, you know, how we, well, and I'm not trying to put us on a pedestal, but how we've approached reviewing weed and looking at weed is really from a consumer perspective of the, ex, you know, the experience. <coughs> of the um, we bring elements of the culture and the history into that, but also elements of, of business inside of that. Yeah. Not everybody knows what we know. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, I, you know, having been a butt tender previously, I try to really put myself in the position of the consumer when creating the, the review structure that we have. Uh, it's a combination of business wholesale, you know, B2B stuff infused with a bartender review system with a dedicated focus of, all right, well, what will consumers really care about, right? Uh, how important, you know, like it is extremely important if you recommend a product or not, right? To the success of the overall product, right? Selling through and continuously to sell. And then the way that people don't understand is if a product sells through, that's money proven to, to work in that community, in that demographic, wherever it's at, in that bag, in that method. And to double down on certain things, uh, on certain strains because of that information is huge. Right, and that's, an, I mean, and I, that's a great point, right? Like what goes into the, why a consumer purchases something, you know? And it's, is, it very, is, it, is it always because of the quality, you know? And not just comparing it to cannabis, but any other thing. Do you, does someone buy toothpaste off of, oh, this fucking Colgate? Like this is small batch, craft made, yeah. all organic, the best toothpaste on the planet? Well, I, think, the I think it's important to understand that we all buy certain products based on what, what, what reasons make the most sense to us at any given moment. So if you are a person who has consistent habits for grocery shopping, well, then you're probably going to go do a lot of that when you go grocery shopping and spend that money all at once because you can spend two, three, four hundred dollars all at once. If you're a little bit lower income, myself, other people that I know, whether it's now or in the past, it's like, yo, we're about to buy things here and there. I'm about to make special trips and just get it when it runs out and really stretch things out, right? And 
And that's the same thing with cannabis. People buy cannabis with different styles, methodologies, different reasons, different consistencies, you name it. And so the key is to just, uh, you have to identify them at which part of like the purchasing, the consumer process are they, right? Are they the first time? Are they returning? And then when you segment from there, it really identifies so many other things Like I was just alluding to all those other different indicators. Are they buying it again? What type is it? What price point is it at? Do they do that price exact deal multiple times? Um, is it that same strain? Is it that same flavor? There's so many little data points that you can really look into that it matters. And it, and it, it really, really is overlooked. Um, I was just reading a little report from Barry about, about that stuff, to be honest, and how the, the people that are marketing at the Google near me, um, the, the price conscious consumers that are on Weed Maps and Leafly or the quick, you know, the quick and easy, whatever, whoever's closest mm. kind of consumers, those are just not the ones you want to aim for. You can get, you know, you can get, it's like fishing. You can get lucky, you know, fishing through a school of that here and there, right, on some of those low-hanging fruits. And then most of the time, uh, those people are, are, are still just purchasing based on how they normally would anyways. And you're not right. going to be able to pull them out. Um, so that then becomes, can you create dedicated you know, funnels or baits or scenarios where you can attract new people in? Um, because at least here in California, the average, the average spend is between like 62 and 76 at any given mm -hmm. you know, day, holiday, whatever it is, it seems. Um, sometimes it goes up to 80 to, to 90, depending on the delivery service. Um, right. but for the most part, I feel like, um, the data would suggest that, you know, there's, if you can get a, if you can get a first time customer in and get, kill it, then they're going to potentially spend your, you know, a really, really strong first time spend. If you convince them and what they need and you help them and then if they, you get them to come back or loyalty or whatever it is on another day, you might get them for twice as much because of how much you killed it and how much you educated them on that first go. Right. And even still, right. Like a lot of people talk about how much the bud tender is the, you know, a lot of people believe that the bud tender is like the sole responsibility of the consumer selection. And I, you know, they're important, but they're important, but you know how many dispensaries are not open inside anymore? Well, and I mean, you know, the bud tender gives you a recommendation, right? And what's, you have connotations of the words that they use, you know, before you came in there, you, you kind of had a, a choice of what, you know, I want to indica sativa and, you know, maybe some brands or some products I know like that I've heard that, that are good for good or for bad or, or brands. Right. And so when the bud tender makes a recommendation, you make choices, your choice based on that is also based on other what have you read? What have you seen? What have you heard? You know, in the past, it's the consumer purchase is a sum of many points, you know, many, many different touch points. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, the, when they look at marketing or education, they look solely at the bud tender, which is a crucial spot that shouldn't be overlooked. But even still, how is the bud tender going to know about you? And even when the bud tender tells someone about you, are they going to have heard some of the things or names or keywords or seen your brand or colors previously and why, and what were the connotations of it then? You know, all of those things are going to go into. It's very rare. We haven't had trainings in a while. I've been getting brands reaching out recently for us with buddies, but for the most part, it just hasn't really been a thing. And so, you know, again, this is tough. You got to really, you know, we preach a lot, you know, make content, make videos, show your things. I have them sitting right here. Why this is the easiest way for me to get in front of, 
5, 10, 15, 20, 50 people for the night, however many it takes to get to get it out there uh, consistently, right? And so, uh, which, great segue point, shameless plug. We've got a bunch of CBD products coming out. Mitch, we've got the melanated uh, with melatonin, your favorite. Let them know. Um, yeah, I'm having that. That is, that is, I just threw the three up, the three for the win, man. That is, that is the curry behind the arc for the nighttime. Um, you know, that, that has been helping me sleep. Uh, I love the flavor too. Um, but yeah, that's been a crucial for me in the evenings lately. And then we got my personal favorite, which is just the plain mango. Really tastes like a delicious mango candy chew. And then the mango chili lime, you know what I'm saying? To, to really, really spice things up. Everyone's loved that so far. That's awesome. Uh, three tinctures, refresh, boost, and chill. I honestly take the boost every single day. It's at that point where this is my daily. It's a, it's, it's a nice, bro. It's a nice, it's a nice flavor. And it's just, it is like, you know, the name boost, the color on it. And the, I don't know, I, I enjoy, you know, I know we made the product, so I'm not trying to overhype it, but I mean, we, I, I, we I didn't enjoy. create them. I mean, we, we, you know, I've tried, you know, I mean, I've tried so many different tinctures. Right. I, I you know, enjoy ones. We tried, man, these, the Terps and the, and the, the, the blends that they went with are actually, they actually taste good. Peppermint, spearmint, vanilla, uh, citrus, and then I believe this is some lavender, some mm -hmm. vanilla, yeah, chamomile. Yeah, so you know, big shout out to again M6 Lasmar Cover 500 milligram CBD topical. We've got the pre rolls, the RMR pre rolls. You guys to tap in RMR CBD is about to launch. We've got a couple days, maybe even this week. Mitch, what do we yeah. think? Respectmyregion.shop will be the domain. There's nothing there, so if you go there, there now, there's nothing, but uh. That will be the domain. Um, the CBD brand, yeah, will be dropping really, really soon before the end of the month. Um, and everything, I mean, everything, you know, so far we haven't sold anything, but everything that we've done through photos and given out samples, there's not one person I've given a product that hasn't asked for more of that same product. Thanks. So, thanks. Very, very excited. They're, they're super dope. Uh, what do you have next on us for today's episode? Man, oh, I was going to talk about music. You know, I made this post earlier in the week on my Facebook page talking about music videos and local artists. Um, I had a lot of people reach out to me about that. There's honestly a couple of DMs I need to still go back through. Um, but I said that if I were a rapper right now and a rapper at a certain position where I don't have the largest budget, I don't have a, a following that's already monetized, I'm not right on the cusp of signing a deal, right? I'm just a local rapper that is pushing for a bigger following, whether I'm trying to grow my Instagram, whether I'm trying to grow how many shows I get, whether I'm mm -hmm. trying to grow my YouTube, whatever, you know, I'm trying to grow my brand. I'm trying to get fans into my world. A music video is the absolute worst use of your budget because if all you can muster up is, you know, $2,000 to spend on your craft, when you buy a beat, go to the studio, mixing and mastering and shoot a video, after doing all that at a pretty quality level, that might potentially eat all of your $2,000 or at the very least, you know, I'm trying to run numbers in my head, $1,500, leaving you $500 for marketing. I think that artists should just spend money on singles and not, and not even always singles, but even single verses or a verse and a hook and make dope, unique content on that and put ad spend or pay to get on other platforms 
with the money for that content as opposed to the music video because again we take that two thousand dollar number for a very poorly budgeted marketing into a music video but two thousand dollars spread across even you know freestyling selfie on your phone something that is you know zero mixing you know zero dollars on the production of it it's just your time and then you put a hundred dollars on the ads for that you could make 20 of those as opposed to you know a single video and i think the opportunity of doing something really unique or impressive on your cell phone is a, there's a greater likelihood of that going viral or getting engaged with as opposed to just a music video even though it is of better quality um, yeah you know, if, if I have a fan base, they want to see music videos from me. But if I've never seen you before, this isn't this isn't when I was in high school, when we came home and we watched music videos for two hours. You know, people are not watching music videos, let alone watching music videos to discover a new artist. They are yeah. on social media and seeing little clips and sound bites. And then if something has the right awareness or catches their attention from there, then they go watch music videos or look at catalogs on Spotify. So I think, again, if, if you have a fan base, if you have certain certain elements, yes, it's good to have a good quality produced music video, but your budget is much better spent and will go much, much further if just spent on cheaper produced content that's designed for engagement. Can't, can't disagree. I think there's there's definitely a route like that that definitely can apply to a lot of artists that are looking to not necessarily blow up quick, but you know, be more strategic in terms of how their social media uh, can perform for them. I think that there's a lot of different artists that would argue that, you know, they're not going to sacrifice, you know, the creative outlets or the traditional outlets of hip hop, which is music, you know, music video heavy, right? Um, to just get things to better perform on social media. A lot of people just like to create the video and put it out there. But I do feel that message is mad important because, you know, if you can, pull out dope clips of your music video that would perform on ads. That's a way to, that's a different way to, to, to still leverage what you're saying. Uh, you can definitely, you know, find a, continue asking around for, for more videographers, more cinematographers, more directors, more uh, photographers to figure out how to get your media and your stuff created for a cheaper price. And I'm always going to encourage that find the best deal and run more money on ads, trim up some cool clips of your, best verse, your catchy hook, a cool little viral moment, maybe a backflip or something dope in your video and try running some ads, try running some Instagram clips, try running some things and just say, hey, new video just released. Let me know what you think in the comments and then run $10, $50, $100 on things in specific cities where you're from, great place to start. Where do you go after that, Mitch? Man, I mean, yeah. For as far as targeting, you know, I think making things like if you're from a certain city, making content that's, you know, recognizable from that city and targeting that city and starting the first three seconds of the video off referencing something that all of the audience that watches that you're going to immediately get a connection point because that's mm -hmm. you're putting content online, you know, whether I'm swiping through my story, you know, every three stories I see an ad or every three scroll scrolls I see an ad, you know, it's, it's, it's literally mathematical. At this point, we don't even under we don't even think about that. And so, how fast do you go past ads? You know, it's literally you have one second to get someone to just pause the finger movement, and then you have about two more seconds for them to decide if you're getting swiped, or you know, swiped up, or if they'll check it out for a second or click the button, right? And you and it has yeah. to be pretty aggressive for you to be swiping.
in and then be like, oh shit, I wasn't even looking for this. Let me go off of what I'm trying to do to check this random shit out. Yeah. You know, and that's where, again, back to that people creating music videos, you know, when I'm swiping through and I see a fucking music video from an artist I've never heard, not featuring an artist I don't know, you know, my incentive of giving that more than half of a second is incredibly low. You know, I'm that's one of the quickest things I'm swiping through. But yeah. if it's all of a sudden, you know, like a camera just in a car, you know, some kid in a car and he just puts the camera in super quick. So like I get my attention caught off of some flashing thing streaking across and then he just screams or starts spitting crazy that I might be swiping, but I might be like, oh, shit, let me you know what is going on. And it yeah. gives me my two, three seconds. And if it does something further, then I'll engage. And that's my my process of like, you know, this type of content is better for you. Yeah. I definitely don't watch that many music videos no more, but I definitely enjoy watching unique content. I love watching, you know, freestyles or performances of some of my favorite songs from people or, you know, uh, viral, you know, viral clips with the music in it. Or I like watching other people use their music. I think that's super cool. One of my favorite things is watching like sports highlights or current sports things from like ESPN or whatever. Stuff that just happened with cool music in it is just fucking dope, right? Because I feel like you always have curators like that who are reposting visuals and uh, memes or social viral, whatever, uh, and they're always looking for original music, right? Um, yeah. And, and so I love that. That is, that's been super dope to see. I'll shout off on what you're saying. There's a producer out of uh, Portland named Golden Beats that has been putting his instrumentals on Instagram over like basketball highlights. So just playing off what you're saying, I'll get caught up just watching the basketball highlights when I'm scrolling and then I turn the sound on and then it's just some cool ass hip hop, which I'm also a fan of. So I'm just group, you know what I mean? I'm just head nodding to music I like while watching the content I like. Granted, he's a producer, so he's not necessarily doing music videos. But even if that song had lyrics in it, you know, that's just something unique that you could go for as opposed to, you know, again, filming a music video like just with your cell phone and no budget there's a lot of content that you can just create that you oh yeah make. and then if you do have a budget put it into amplifying that um you know and i think just in this realm of when you're looking to bring more people to your world to your conversation you need to shoot as many shots that have the potential of connecting building a connection with people as possible as opposed to you know, just being like, hey, I'm a rapper, I'm on Spotify, and here's my music video, because we've- You can, I mean, you can say that. There's a definite group of people that are always looking to discover new rappers on Spotify, new rappers on this. This is the new dope rapper playlist, officially on whatever, like, there's always a group of people looking for new dope stuff, but if it's, you know, we get told all the time, oh yeah, I don't read blogs, and it's like, okay, cool, so we now make videos and we share a lot of other people's video content because that's what people watch. So now we're curators of other people's creations, which is cool because now we're taste making. We're literally able to help uh, build bits and pieces of different cultures in different regions. And honestly, we're doing that right now. We are dropping what two to three cities of local hip hop every single week right now. Yeah, We're going super hard around the country, just featuring all kinds of rappers and artists on our website, on the socials, LinkedIn, Fucking you know, everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Killing it. Shout out, shout out all the writers, man. Shout out the whole team, man. Respect my reading, baby. We're out here killing it. Let's get it. Yeah, a lot but of content across a lot of platforms right now, man. I used to I used to have anxiety with just like Facebook and Twitter back in the day. And now there's so many platforms. 
it's uh it's it's quite crazy man but that's you know that's even more testament to what we were talking about is that you know one music video is one music video and videos really thrive on youtube you know sitting as a full video there's this other content can be placed on every single platform and you can use one piece to get on everything effectively um so, it's yeah. so easy it's so easy you guys to, to make a long form piece of content like a music video or to make a podcast like this right uh or to make a three minute long or five minute long pitch or showcase or you doing something dope hey what's good everybody i'm gonna do this and then do it right and it's so easy just to to trim something down or TikTok something or make a reel and then post that in other places use that short form content to promote the big form content. And if you do that enough, it will work. Over and over and over again, it will work. It might work four times, it might work it seven times, it might go viral on the 10th, 12th, or 50th, who knows, right? It took us hundreds of videos, um, you know, to go viral. Yeah. But it happened. Yeah. And it was, and it's sometimes it's on the, you know, on the stuff that you would never, you would never see coming, you know, and that's why when you, again, you know, I, I'm going to keep beating that, beating that topic. But when you shoot a music video, that's something you spend a lot of time on. You put a lot of eggs in that basket and knowing a lot of your best hits, a lot of your things that go the furthest are the things you didn't plan on it. It just happened for whatever reason it happened. And so you need to have, you need to be shooting your shots, man, to, to hit a, to hit hit a Hail Mary because um, nice. that's what it takes to what to go viral, to get seen, to, to get plays, to get your stuff out there. It's not just calculation. It's calculation, a little bit of luck, man. And when, when luck's involved, it's, it's a numbers game. Hey, Jazzy, can I get some, can you get some papers? I just used the last moment portion. I'm out of papers. So, I mean, out I of guess papers. that, I mean, and that's about it. You know, we're, we're out of topics. Jay Ping's out of papers. Um, I think that'll probably do it for this week, man, unless you got anything else. You know, uh, anything else? Yeah, tap into the website. We just did a bunch of uh, bunch of educational articles for music artists. So any of the artists who are in the tuning in watching this, you guys, go check out the Risk Before Reason website. Scroll down and look through the past couple, you know, last two weeks or so. There's a bunch of articles. If you just read through and then sponge in some of that, soak in some of that game, you know, and then apply that to your YouTube videos, apply that to your Spotify things. We got a couple articles this week. Uh, there's Apple playlist opportunities, Spotify playlist opportunities, uh, PR opportunities to pitch you to get on other websites. You name it, man. There's a lot of people that we know that are trying to work and do more things. This pandemic is all about con connecting people digitally. And so we created this podcast to connect people for music and cannabis and marketing. So if you do things and you want to get it in front of more people, whether it's in music and cannabis or CBD or what your own entrepreneurship world, whatever it is that you do, please leverage us, drop a comment below, like, follow, subscribe, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all the places. And then if you need to learn cannabis, please tap into our YouTube. We will be launching some educational series. I'll be talking through uh, a variety of topics over the next month or so. And then we'll also be doing like we talked about, uh, I'll be buying, I'm going to launch my own kind of version of Versus where we basically buy two of the top products at various dispensaries and we see which one is better right here, right now, live on camera. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be dope. So you guys got to tune in, tap in. We're going to get creative. We're going to review we We're going to talk music. I love you guys.